DJ PK, and we are joined now by Peter Baugh. Covers the Missouri Tigers for The Athletic. Peter, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me on. This gives me the chance to say, Eliad Drinkwitz. What do we know about the Missouri Tigers' new football coach, other than the fact that well, he's at Boise State for a couple of years, so he's been booed in the state of Utah before? Yeah, he's a, he's a pretty interesting guy. He's, he's young. Um, he's under 40 and is, is just kind of a, he doesn't have a ton of head coaching experience. Uh, the, aside from his one year at Appalachian state, the most recent head coaching experience he had was a middle school coach in 2005. So he's been mostly an assistant uh, and is kind of seen as an offensive minded, offensive minded guy, um, and, yeah, he's, he's someone who's young, and Mizzou wanted someone who could excite the fan base. Uh, and he's done that so far. He's said all the right things and gotten people pretty excited in, in Columbia. Yeah, he's certainly intriguing. You know, he's got the uh, different name, 36 years old, uh, in Appalachian State, where they go, like 12-1 and one last year. Uh, and this guy's thought of as an offensive wizard. Is that what it's going to take to get people excited because it looks like when you are doing what he's done or the coaching staff has done as far as recruits for next season, looking like he's on the right trail. Yeah, he's gotten off to a really good start recruiting-wise. First off, he kind of – I mean, the the class of 2020 was always going to be – it was always going to struggle a little bit seeing as as, – kids decommit when when there's a, a coaching change and you're not going to keep all of them but he was able to to hold on to some of the big ones and he's also gotten two good grad transfers in in um damon hazelton who's a receiver from virginia tech who was an all acc player the past two years and he also brought in a, a center who started three years at rutgers so he's he's gotten some good players that can make immediate impacts, which Mizzou desperately needs, especially on the offensive line and at receiver. So he's kind of addressed those positions of need. And then he's also a good start recruiting the class of 2021, the current uh, high school juniors um, and got the third rated player in the state who Mizzou had been after for, for a number of years um, named Travion Ford, who's a four-star player. So he certainly is recruiting wise. Um, He's really made inroads in the state of Missouri, which is something that's essential for Missouri, and he's done it quickly. So we're going to have a quarterback battle right from the get-go. Is this going to be a fair fight, or do you already know how this is going to turn out? So this is, I think, going to be a little bit more of a fair fight. I think um, Sean Robinson feels like the front runner, um, seeing as he played at TCU. He has he has some real experience. Um but I think Connor Basilak, who is a true freshman in twenty nine or twenty nineteen, yeah, he uh, he was he looked really good in the limited action he saw. He even started the last game of the season when Kelly Bryant was was out with an injury. Um, the big problem for him is that he's coming off an ACL tear that he suffered in that game against Arkansas. So that obviously puts him at a pretty significant, um, I guess, disadvantage. But I think that he's expected to be ready for preseason camp. Um, and he and Sean Robinson both will get a fair shot to, to show what they can do. Um, Sean Robinson's older. Um, he'll be a redshirt junior after sitting out last year as a transfer. He has starting experience from TCU where he showed kind of flashes of being a really good player, um, but couldn't do it consistently and struggled with injuries. So he kind of, and I've written about this a little bit out the athletic, um, 
he he the year he took off last year when he had to red shirt because of NCAA rules. It was really good for him to kind of reset mentally and to kind of get his body back in in good physical shape. So we'll see if he's that Mizzou's really, really excited about him, and we'll see kind of how he's able to do. But I, to answer your question, I think it's going to be a fair fight. I don't think that this is like they've already crowned Sean Robinson the, the starting quarterback, and they're kind of just saying it's going to be a competition to publicly. Like I think it'll be a, a pretty even – it'll be an even playing field. But you look at their depth chart, they don't have a lot of seniors on either side of the ball, do they? No, there are some positions that have, have more than others. Um, the safeties, there's two senior safeties that are both really good players in Tyree Gillespie and Joshua Bledsoe. Um, but, yeah, it's not a, not a senior-heavy roster. Both defense, starting defensive ends are seniors. Um, but especially offensively, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of youth on the field. They'll have uh, Damon Hazleton will be a senior, and he's probably going to be the number one receiver. Um, Larry Roundtree is a really good running back. He's a senior. Um, but there is some youth sprinkled in. So when you're breaking in a new quarterback, you want a running game. What is the running game going to look like? So the running game, I think, will actually be pretty good. Um, the question is if the line can block for them. Um, Mizzou has Larry Roundtree, who was a 1,000-yard rusher. He ran for over 1,200 yards, actually, his um, sophomore year. Um, he's going to be a senior. He kind of took a step back last year, again, partially because the passing game wasn't as good. Um, so people were game planning for him more, and partially because of the offensive line not producing very well. Um, but he's a, he's a quality running back. I wouldn't be surprised to see him get a shot at the, at the NFL. Um, and then they have a guy named Tyler Beatty, who is a really he's really dangerous both as a running back. He's kind of a smaller, speedier, shiftier guy, but he's really good um, catching the ball too. He actually led the team in receptions last year, which is both impressive on his end, but also a little concerning about for Mizzou about their wide receiver depth. If a running back is your the person who gets the most receiving most receptions, uh, but between those two, though, they should have some solid options at running back, and then they have a few other um, kind of reserve guys who can come in to, if those two need a rest. Now, I'm thinking between those two, I can make a case that that's 2,000 yards of rushing right there. Yeah, I think you could, you could see that. I mean, that would take things going really, really well, but it's certainly possible. So the receiving core, as you point out, the leading uh, 32 catches for Beatty was tops on the team. Uh, nobody had 500 yards receiving. Uh, is there anyone who can change that, or is it receiving by committee and it's kind of a C-minus committee? So I think that by bringing in – Drinkwitz knew the receiving situation as soon as he got um, to Columbia, and I think that's why he, he brought in Damon Hazleton and went after him pretty hard, the graduate transfer from Virginia Tech. He, he would have led Missouri – his numbers in 2018 or 2019 would have led Missouri in multiple categories, including receiving yards and touchdowns, I believe. Um, and he missed three or four games with an injury. So he'll be someone who he should be able to contribute right away um, and will, I would expect, be the number one receiver. There are a few freshmen coming in um, that are really promising players. There's a four-star recruit from Oklahoma named Javion Hester um, who could who could do that. I don't know if he'll be like a 1,000-yard receiver, but he's someone who can pick up a few hundred yards over the course of the season. And 
if you have a solidified number one, like they're hoping Hazleton will be, then you can then you'll have your second your secondary guys will have more opportunities because defenses will be focused more on Hazleton. So then someone like Jalen Knox, who had a good freshman year but kind of took a step back as a sophomore, he could have a good junior year. Um, so Hazleton's the main guy. And then there are a few others who I think could do a little better. And then you'll suddenly have more receivers that are are over like three or 400 yards. And hopefully for Missouri, one who's up to like 800, 900, even 1,000 yards. You mentioned the seniors up front and in the back at defense. Uh, can I argue that Bolton, that linebacker, is the best playmaker? Oh, certainly. He He's probably... If you're looking at at the team, he's probably the best player on the team. He is a an all SEC linebacker who led the conference in tackles going into the national title game. Um, then an LSU guy passed him, but remember they had uh, Mizzou played 12 games. LSU played what 15? I think yeah. yeah, 15 games. So he is a he is a really good player. That Missouri Barry Odom, the coach who was before Drinkwitz, he he found him in Texas. He was an under recruited player. Um, and he he is very very good. He he makes all the right plays. He's smart. He tackles well. Um, and he had a few interceptions last year. So I think he'll be. He's he's certainly if he's healthy, he's the best player on the roster. I would argue. Peter Baugh joining us covers the Missouri Tigers for the Athletic. So is there much? Uh... I don't know, momentum, energy, enthusiasm. I mean, this game will be at BYU. Missouri's at BYU. But I'm still just kind of curious about the energy around the program because it just seems like there have been a lot of 500-ish seasons. And the move to the SEC is great for the money, but uh, after a a couple trips to the title game early, it just kind of seems blah. Yeah, I think that it's, it kind of stagnated under Barry Odom, which is part of the reason athletic director Jim Sterk made a change. Um, they, they had an opportunity to have some really good years. Um, the 2018 team comes to mind. That, that team had some really promising players. Drew Locke, the Denver Broncos quarterback, was starting. And they blew a few close games, and instead of winning, say, nine or ten games, they won eight. Um, and it's just not the same thing to, like, get fans excited. Um, so I think they are looking for excitement and Drinkwitz is young and energetic. And I think part of the reason they made the coaching change was so that they could have someone like him. And the fact of the matter is that a place like Missouri, it's maybe not like Georgia where they'll sell out the games no matter how good the team is. If the teams are good, Missouri will get fans and people will be excited. If the teams are mass, some people show up, some won't. And if the teams are bad, not a ton of people will show up. So if, if Drinkwitz is able to come in and have some success, there is an opportunity to kind of build that excitement back up. And I think the athletic department's counting on that. Um, Jim Sterk, the, the person who, who hired Drinkwitz, is, he has a lot riding on this hire, seeing as Barry Odom was he, – he wasn't a – he didn't have a bad track record at Missouri. He didn't have a losing season the past three years. So it was, it was kind of a risky move to move on from him. And they need the replacement to, to not only win games, but also to spark excitement and get fans in, the, in seats, if fans are allowed to be in seats, of course. And, and that very, may, very well may happen, but I don't know that I necessarily see it happening this season, this upcoming season, because as I handicap the SEC East, uh, 
I'm thinking that the best I can come up with is Missouri at fifth place. Yeah, I think that clearly Georgia and Florida are ahead. Um, I think Tennessee and Kentucky probably are. You could maybe – see, if you steal a game or two, then hey, who knows? Like, it's, those teams probably have more talent. Missouri has a, a favorable, I guess, crossover schedule where they play only Mississippi State and Arkansas. Um, so there's there are chances for Missouri to, to kind of steal games and maybe finish with a better conference record. But, yeah, I'd probably – I was guessing today I'd predict them fifth. I've said that with their non-conference schedule being manageable, I think they can win six games and, and get to a bowl game, which I think would be a productive start. And then maybe Drinkwood starts getting his own guys, building his own recruiting base, um, and you go from there. But I think, yeah, Georgia, Florida are clearly better. Tennessee um, is talented. I'm still not 100% sold on Tennessee because they always seem to – underperformed but jeremy pruitt really seems to have things rolling there um kentucky's always solid i think mizzou could beat them but that's always a good team um south carolina is going to be pretty solid uh the only team i think mizzou knows it can be better than is is vanderbilt so i would predict somewhere in the four to six uh four to six range um within the sec east when you say the non-conference schedule is manageable, Central Arkansas, Eastern Michigan, and the University of Louisiana, Raging Cajuns all at home, and then at BYU, so you're thinking 3-1 and one or 4-0? Oh? Um, I said that I think they'll, they'll probably drop one. I think the UCA and Eastern Michigan are both games that Missouri should win pretty easily, and if they don't, that's a problem. I think Louisiana was a 10-win team last year uh, in the Sun Belt, so that's a solid program. And then BYU is a solid team in Provo. Going out to Provo, that's not an easy place to play necessarily. Um, so I think that Missouri, I would argue Missouri should go 4-0, but I think that they might go 3-1 and just because they might drop a game uh, to either Louisiana or BYU. Well, Peter, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us, and uh, look forward to uh, talking when the season gets going. Sounds great. Thank you for having me.